This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. And the title of my message today is CPR. Call upon the name of the Lord, praise Him, and then rest in Him. All we have to remember is CPR. Amen. So that is the title of our message this morning. And CPR, as we know, is a life-saving technique that can be applied to save someone's life after they've drowned or a near drowning or a heart attack or whatever it is. It's a life-saving technique. And CPR, the one that I just mentioned, which is calling upon the name of the Lord, then praising Him, and then resting in His truth and His promises, is our spiritual CPR. That is what we need in this life to survive and make it through. And we can and we will by the grace of God. Now, starting with the first part, the C, which is call upon the name of the Lord. Have you ever watched that TV show? I don't know if it's still running, but I knew back in the day when we were still in South Africa, there was this TV show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And contestants would be invited to join and then they would be asked a series of questions. And with every question they get correct, they go up to another level where the prize money money will be even more. But the moment they get an answer incorrect, they're done. And at any time they can stop and bank the money and take it home. But they do offer them three lifelines, as they call it. One of the lifelines is what they call 50-50. In other words, they give them four, in every question, there are four answers, possible answers, and they have to choose one. In the 50-50, they will take away two of the wrong answers and leave them with one correct and one incorrect answer. And it's up to them to then decide which one is the correct one. And that helps in the process to make a decision which is the correct answer. Or they can go with another lifeline, which is ask the audience. So everybody would pull out their little machines and gadgets and then think, put down what they think the answer is. And most of the time, the contestants go with the answer that was the most popular, the largest percentage. And most of the time, that is correct, but not always. And then the final option that they have as far as the lifeline, and that is call a friend. So they can then go ahead right there, call a friend that they think will know the answer to that question right now. And hopefully they win the million dollars right there. And the reason why I told you all this is because in real life, which we live every single day, we face real life challenges. Some are minor compared to what other people face and some challenges are pretty extreme. And those situations, we often don't know what to do and it might even seem completely impossible that there is no solution because you just don't know. And we can apply the formula that they do at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And we can A, you know, do a 50-50, kind of work through the process of elimination and say, okay, the answer to this 
problem I'm facing. These are the possible solutions. Okay, this one probably won't work. This one probably won't work. I'm left with these two. Which one should I go with? You know, that's one way of going about it. Another option is to go with ask the audience. In other words, you go to everybody around you and ask, tell everybody about your problem and ask everybody for the solution. And some might give you very good answers and responses to your problem. Some might not. And hopefully the majority is correct because if you go with the majority, because people give solutions to people's answers based on their own life experience, wherever they find themselves in life. And we don't even know the relationship with God always where they're at, right? So got to be careful with that as well. But there is wisdom in asking friends, but not going all over the place and asking everybody. But there's wisdom in seeking out that one person or people that could have the solution. But now the final option is, is obviously to call a friend. And the best option sometimes would be to call that one friend that you know most likely would have the answer. In our case, with real life situation, that friend would be Jesus. That would be our person that we would have on speed dial right there to be called and to ask, do you know the answer? Do you have the solution to this problem I'm facing? And yes, he is our friend. The Bible tells us. Jesus is our friend. Watch this in John 15, verse 15. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Clearly we can see right there, Jesus regards us as his friend. We are a friend of God. And then it says clearly there also that everything that he hears from the Father, he makes known to us. He has all the answers. God is all-knowing. So all the answers we would ever need can be found in him. And he says he has made it known to us. So when we go and call on Jesus, when we call upon his name, we can expect to hear and get the answers. Amen. And not only does our friend Jesus have the answers, he is the answer. And we can call on him on any time of the day or night. He is always there. He said, ever present help in time of need. Our Lord Jesus is always there available to us. I remember when our daughter Gabriella was little, quite often in the middle of the night, she would just suddenly call, Mom, Mom. And then, doesn't matter how deep sleep I was in, doesn't matter how tired I was, my ears were just tuned into that little voice and that sound, and I would just jump out of the bed and dash to her side and tend to whatever she needs at that time whether it was she had a bad dream or not feeling well just being scared and hearing noises I would be there in a heartbeat and our Heavenly Father so much more listens to us 
And you know what, the example I just shared, I think all your parents would, can relate to that, right? You've all had to jump out of bed and hear that little voice and just tuned into your, your precious children's voices calling for help. Now, our Heavenly Father, like I say, His ears are attentive to our call. And that's why we need to call on Him. He's ever listening, ever ready to hear His children and to respond. Watch this in Psalm 116. Verse 1 from the Amplified Translation. And this is the David speaking and he says, I love the Lord because He hears and continues to hear my voice and my supplications, my pleas, my cries, my specific needs. Because He has inclined His ear to me, therefore I will call on Him as long as I live. You can clearly see from that scripture there that God does listen, that He does hear. And not only does He hear, He responds to our prayers, our cries, our needs. And we can always call on Him. As long as we live, He will always be there for us. And as a parent, we want our children to call upon us. We want them to come to us in time of need. Whatever question they have, we rather want them to come to us than go to the world and get the answers there. But to be honest, the older they get, the harder it is to answer those questions. A little bit more complicated it gets. You can agree with that, right? And we truly have to trust God for wisdom and understanding in order to help them but alas we are imperfect human beings we don't always have the perfect answer at the perfect time and we don't always respond exactly the way we should and when our children come to us maybe we don't have the right answers maybe we don't have the resources maybe we're just not having a great day and unfortunately that would affect our response or lack thereof to our children. But nevertheless, we would never want them to stop coming to us and ask for that help, ask for answers to the things they face, because that is how we show them to go to God and get the answers from Him and showing that God will never, ever reject them. doesn't matter what the question is, no matter what they've done, the fact that they're seeking help, that is the key right there, and to focus on that. I am a father, praise God, never has a bad day. Aren't you glad about that? He never has a bad day. He has all the answers and the means to perfectly respond to each and every one of his children. He knows the number of hairs on each and every one of our heads. He loves and cares for us deeply, and intimately. That's why we can call on him on his name anytime, anywhere. Example of God listening and hearing is an example of Jeremiah. He is one of the prophets in the Old Testament Testament and he found himself imprisoned at the time of this writing and he called out to God and this was God's answer to him. 
on Jeremiah 33, verse 3. He tells Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you. Not perhaps, not maybe, not if you are good enough, not if you have done enough. I will answer you. Just call me. I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things. So not only will he hear us and answer us, he will show us great and mighty things. He will show us things beyond what we are going through right now, beyond the situation, the challenge, the problem that we are finding ourselves in at that moment. He will show us the way out that there is a light on the other side. There are bigger things to come. Things which we have been confined, which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. So even if we don't always know what the future holds, it's hidden in God. But you know what? He knows. He knows. And the answer might not always come packaged the way we want it to look. It might not. We would, when we cried for help and we need a solution to a certain problem, we think the answer should look exactly like this and that will make us happy and that will fix everything. But God, He knows things that we don't know. He sees things that we don't see. He sees the beginning from the end. He lives outside of time. He knows what is good for us. So if we trust Him and trust Him with the answer and the solution, even if it doesn't look the way we think it should look, you can take it to the bank that His plans will always prosper in our lives. That when we look back, we will see the greater picture and see, ah, now that makes sense. That's why this happened. I have grown so much through this experience. I, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have experienced this. You know, whatever that looks like, at the end of the day, it's important to just trust God with the answer. And like I said, with what God said earlier to Jeremiah, when we find ourselves in the middle of a problem, that problem can seem so overwhelming, just so much that it's all you can see. It's just the problem. doesn't matter which way you look. Problem, problem, problem. And it's just so much. But if we just take that problem to God, put it in His hands and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't see a way out there. Put it in His hands. He will open our eyes and He will show us the solution to the problem that we face. Now, even if we find ourselves imprisoned with our problems, we uh, feel pressed from all sides like Jeremiah found himself in a physical prison. If we find ourselves in a, a mental prison and we just feel the weight of the world on our shoulders and we just feel like, you know, that's just too much. It's so overwhelming. God wants us to call on him, like he told Jeremiah, call on me, I'm here, just call me, pick up the phone, I'm here, you know, put that speed dial, I have the answer. So all we need to do is just call on him, he has the answer, and then just trust him, he will always, always answer. It clearly says, it, I will, and not if, perhaps, or maybe, he will. Now the reason why we can have such confidence and trust in the fact that God will answer our prayers and we can totally leave it that with Him is because of the divine exchange that took place at the cross. 
when Jesus hung on that cross and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? And then he said, it is finished. Jesus was forsaken so we can be accepted, so that we can be his beloved, his very own children. What a wonderful, wonderful honor and privilege to be called children of God, to think that he so deeply and intimately cares for us. He was willing to give his only son, whom he loved so dearly, and forsake him so that we can be accepted and spend all eternity with him. And that divine exchange took place at the cross. Because he was forsaken, we were accepted. And that's why we have the confidence, not because of what we've done, what we haven't done. doesn't matter if we messed up a second ago, we can have that confidence that we can go to God right now and call on Him for help and that He will answer us. Because it's not based on us and our well-doing and our goodness. It's based on His goodness and the goodness of God and what He has done for us through the finished work of the cross. Romans 10, 13 from the Living Bible. It says, Anyone... See that? Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord might be saved. Oh, no, my apologies, will be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, what your past is, what your future looks like, where you are right now, whether you make the right decision, the wrong decision in that situation you're facing, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Now, when you use a person's name, and when you meet them and they say, Hi, I am John, and says, Hi, I'm Mary, nice to meet you. And the moment you start uh, using the name of that person, and you extend a hand and you introduce yourself and you just start talking and you keep using the name of the person, obviously not overusing it because that can get a bit much as well. It's like, okay, yeah, now you're just using your human relation skills. No, when you're genuinely like, hi, nice to meet you, Jack, John, Mary, and how are you today? Did you know, John, that this and this and this, the moment that becomes familiar, right? That person becomes familiar to you. You feel comfortable with that person. And when we're familiar with the name of the Lord, when we know who He is, what He has done, we can call upon Him. We feel comfortable. So that's why it's so important for us to get to know our Father, to get to know what Jesus has done. That's why it's important to study His Word, to come to church, because that is how we come to know of who He is and what He has done for us. That familiarity with Him, not in the negative way but in a good comfortable way in a trusting way in a respectful way saying you know what I know my God I know what he can do I know what he has done and I know even though I find myself in this situation my God is greater my God can do all things I have the victory in and through him nothing is impossible with my God he is my Jehovah Jireh my provider he is my healer and so on and so forth. So we can call upon the name of the Lord with confidence because we know He's our God, He's our Father, He's our Dad, 
He loves us and He will be there for us in a heartbeat. We just call on Him. Amen. There is a difference though, however, about knowing about God and knowing God. Big difference. You know, we all know somebody, a popular, uh, famous artist or famous musician or we know about them but it doesn't mean we know them so if we have to pass their um, meet them up with them some way it doesn't mean we're going to be feel comfortable and just be able to go straight away and say hi so so and so you know what um i really have this problem and i wonder if you could help me uh, they will look at you like um yeah no, I think not. <laughs> it's when we know somebody. It's the person that you know, that you know you can trust and confide in. He's and they, her or she or him, they are the ones that will have your back. And at the end of the day, ultimately, the one that will never fail us, that will never leave us, never forsake us, that we can always go to and be on our speed dial, that we can call upon, is Jesus. He will never leave us, never forsake us. And when we call upon the name of the Lord, what Dad really is saying to God is, I recognize you as my Savior. My dependence is in you and on you, not in my own ability, not in what I can do, because our ability is limited in how we can fix what we're going through, but His ability supersedes everything that we can imagine we can do. He can change things in a blink of an eye he is able and under the old covenant talking about names god made himself known progressively at different times different events different occasions by different names such as for example at one time he would reveal himself as the jehovah jireh their provider at another time he would reveal himself as jehovah nisi their victory their banner or Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Another time would be Jehovah, Jehovah Roy, my shepherd. Jehovah Titkinu, my righteousness. And the list can go on and on. So that way, in the Old Testament, that's how God revealed himself at different times to different people based on the situation. And he would reveal himself, that specific part of his character and aspects to them. But interesting enough, you don't really come across that in the, under the New Covenant, all these different names, because these names were all prophetic and were brought to full manifestation and completion in Jesus. And so when he said, and he, when he hung on the cross and he died and rose again and, and said was finished, all that, all those names of the Lord came completion and manifestation in the name of Jesus. So... He became all that and more. The name of Jesus is the one, the only name that we need to know. The name of Jesus. And that can be our solution to every problem. We don't have to go call upon different names of God because the name of Jesus has all the answers. When you call on Jesus, you call on the, our healer. You call on your deliverer. You call on your uh, righteousness. You call on your sanctification you call on your provider the name of jesus the name above every name now i know this is probably not the best example to illustrate it but it's like 
you know when you pick up the phone you call a company and nine out of ten times you don't immediately get a person that answers the call you normally get an automated message saying thank you for calling so and so and um, please press one for sales two for billing three if you know the name of the party of yours of the person that you want to get hold of four five six and the list just goes on and on and on and you're sitting there ten minutes later still waiting for the number the button that you have to press for your specific solution and that is kind of like all the names you know that God went by in under the old covenant but now we just have to press if you instead of you get smart now don't just wait for all those numbers one two you just go zero stick to the zero <laughs> and that is our zero and you get a person right away that can answer your question and point it in the right direction instead of waiting there forever that's what Jesus is. He's our person. He's our zero, but he's our hero. And we can just press that button and he will answer. And whether it is a healer that you need right now, whether it's a deliverer, whether it is somebody just to be your strength, your wisdom, your whatever it looks like, Jesus is your person. And he needs to be on our speed dial. When you call up that pick up that phone, just immediately press that zero and he will be there for you. Now, that all was sharing with you the C part of CPR, calling upon the name of the Lord. And that's number one thing. Whenever you face anything in life, instead of trying to find a million in one ways to fix it yourself first, immediately just call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. He will answer. He will come through for you. And once we've called on the name of the Lord, oftentimes that looks like prayer. Because that's really what it is. When you call upon the name of the Lord, it's you going to God in prayer. And we follow it up with our praises. Because once you've prayed, you leave it with God. You expect Him to answer because He said so. He said, call upon my name and I will answer. So once, we, once we've prayed... We just leave it with God and we just come and praise, in other words, thanking Him for the answer, for the breakthrough, for the solution, for the healing, whatever the situation is. So we follow up our prayer, our call upon the name of the Lord, always with praise and thanksgiving. Because that is what faith is, knowing that our God, what He says, He will do. His promises are yes and amen. Now, Romans 12, verse 12, speaks about, you know, rejoicing, about praising. And it says, rejoice in our confident hope. And our hope is knowing that God will answer our prayers. That is our hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So when we're patient, that is us trusting God. Because the moment we get impatient because he's not answering us quick enough, he's, we, don't have the, we don't see the immediate manifestation of the problem that we are facing, doesn't mean our prayer has not been answered. Not at all. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and just continue thanking him and praising him for the answer to the solution that you are facing, for the solution to the problem you are facing. Because he is the answer and he has the answer so just be patient 
Don't take it back. Don't take the problem back into your own hands, trying to solve it yourself. Trust Him. Now, many of the Psalms of David, if you read them, oh, I've read so many over the last few years. I, I kind of enjoy that because it always has a certain pattern, a theme to his Psalms. He always starts off like, Oh Lord, all these problems, this is happening, the enemy is coming after me. Oh, for David, he faced so much. I don't even think any of our problems can compare to all the troubles that he has faced. And it came from the left to the right and from every angle, people he trusts, his own children. So, so much has happened in his life. And then he would start off his song of praise to God saying, Lord, all these problems come my way. This is happening. This is happening. Where are you, God? And then he like kicks in and say, but God, you are able. You are my deliverer. You are my healer. You are. And he would bring God into pictures, like reminding himself, hold on. My God, I've seen what he's done before. And I know you will do it again. And then he speaks God's answers, God's promises into being, into the situation that he's facing. And then he ends off his, his, um, his Psalms always with, and I will praise God because he is my banner. He is my victory. And it's always like, you can go and see everywhere, time and time again. And this is no different um, to where he said in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 4, he says, I called out to the Lord. So once again, crying out to God, calling out to the name of the Lord, the sea. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of praise. So he, once he cried out to God, he praised God. And he saved me from my enemies. God answered his prayer and responded to his trust and his praise in him. A New Testament example of someone who cried out to God and received answer to his prayer is found in Luke chapter 18, verses 35 to 42, uh, 43. Excuse me. It starts with 35, then he says, Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, Jericho this is now Jesus arriving there, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging, so clearly the picture of this blind man, he's not finding himself in a good situation. Not only is he blind, he is begging, he's poor. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. So what did he do? And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he cried out to God. Then Verse 39, those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, good for him. Instead of listening to what they said, you know what? Don't listen to people's opinions if it goes against what God says about your situation. He cried out even more. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. God heard his prayers. He heard his cry and commanded him to be brought to him. He's about to get his answer. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him in verse 42, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. 
and immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? He followed him, glorifying God. He, was, he called upon the name of the Lord. He received his answer. He glorified God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Praise God, praise God. I know recently I faced a rather overwhelming challenge myself and that's why I enjoyed preparing this message which was really for me. So hopefully it benefited you but it really benefited me while preparing that. And the situation felt so overwhelming. I literally could not even think straight. It's like my mind was just racing a million miles per hour trying to figure out the solution to this challenge and the weight oh my gosh the weight of it was just so heavy any of you relate i'm sure each and every one of you can relate to somewhere in your life somewhere along the line when something you faced and you just did not see the light at the end of the tunnel you just could not see the answer the breakthrough the solution to this and it's just you were just drowning in it but what i did is eventually when i just was just too much i went to my closet closed the door and I just had a good cry because sometimes you just have to have that good cry just that release and then I called on the name of the Lord and I called on Jesus and I said Jesus you know what I'm feeling right now you know what I'm going through you know I don't have the answer the solution to this but what I do know and one thing I'm confident about I'm sure about and nothing can no one can tell me otherwise is that you have the answer and you are the answer and at that moment I just felt God's presence just flooding me it was just so so beautiful and such a peace came in there and it's just like this heavy load just got lifted off and I could feel I could breathe and my mind was just cleared and it's just such a peace and and I just felt his rest just felt such peace and rest and that and you know what nothing in the problem has changed at that time I was still in the middle of that challenge but guess what it wasn't bigger than what God was it wasn't bigger than my what I was feeling I was able to just despite of in spite of the problem still just enjoy peace and joy and the confidence knowing that my God has and is the answer. And after that, every opportunity that I get, as I walk around the house, I just put praise and worship music on, and I just praise Him and I thank Him. And every time the problem just starts coming, coming back to me and I see the devil's trying to load it back on me, that heaviness and weight, I'm like, mm -mm, nope, I'm not going to take this burden back. It's given to Jesus. I walk in His peace. I walk in His rest. And I will praise my God because I called upon him. He answered me. He gave me peace. And I know I will see the manifestation of this solution to this problem in Jesus' name. And that's why the third part of the CPR is rest. Once you've called upon the name of the Lord, you just praise him. And then you just rest in his promises. You rest in His grace and His provision and knowing that He's got you. He's got your back. You just leave it with Him because that 
is what God wants from his children. When our children come to us with, with problems or want something, we don't want them to continue stressing about it. We want them to believe that we said we're going to fix it, that we will fix it, that we will provide, that we will give them what they need, and that they shouldn't have to carry on worrying about it. We might not give it to them right away, but it is going to come. If we said we're going to do it, we will do it. But like I say, don't forget how the answers come. It's not always the way we expect it to come, but his plans are better and higher than ours. Now, the rest part, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30 from the NIV. Jesus speaking, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the only one who can give us that rest. And he wants us to come to him. And he wants us to trust him. And whatever you are going through today, whether it is you're facing fear, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, or if you have experienced a traumatic experience, PTSD, don't entertain any negative mental pictures or replay all the worst case scenarios in your mind, in your head. Instead, take it to Jesus. Call on Him. Call out to Jesus, your Savior, who deeply, deeply loves and cares for you, whether you feel it or don't, whether you feel like you're worthy or not, whether you feel like you deserve it or not, He deeply cares and loves for you and wants you to come and cast all your cares upon Him. But of course, He does care. Now, if you're facing a, a physical symptom uh, in your body, a, a sickness, a disease, a financial challenge, or a family situation that you're anxious about that's causing you to fear and stress out about it, call upon Him. Take it to the Lord. Cast a care on Him and allow His peace to supernaturally guard your heart in every area that you are troubled. You can trust Him and you can rest in Him because He has the answers. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7. It says, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Call upon the name of the Lord. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers. So follow it up with praise and request to God. Then, because you belong to Christ Jesus, not because you're good enough, not because you measure up, because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one, no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. This is so important for so many people who are facing, especially in the mind, you know, all the thoughts and challenges in the mind. This scripture is something you can hold on to, you can stick on your wall, where it says, this peace will control the way you think and feel. The peace that comes from God and God alone.
Now always remember, it's not based on what you have done or what you have not done. That determines God hearing you and answering you. But it's because of what Christ has done, what our Lord Jesus has done for us on the cross. And because we belong to Him, that God will answer, will bless us. And we can rest in that. He knows and He sees our hearts. He knows your heart. Stand on His promises and praise Him for the victory and rest in Him. Praise God, praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.